0: Change their mind about how soon they want to have children how many children they actually want to have because when I started slapping numbers and figures and percentages on people's heads about how costly having the children is how big the burden is how how serious it is to basically fund another human being's life as a sole provider or, do, or dual provider a lot of people kind of relaxed on their I want to have six kids yeah do you have six kids money so make sure you check that out. It's very, very important. Anyway, episode 53, I've confirmed it. Checking on my phone. Unfortunately, I have to discuss this topic again. In fact, uh, me and three gentlemen, uh, Damini, Errol and Nego True, we discussed this 10, episode, 10 episodes ago. So if you want a more in-depth understanding of the multi-layered issues, the why's, the how's, the who's, Probably, I think is my most listened to episode actually. So, check that out. Called Gang Culture. Recently, all over the media, and, and as, when I say media, I mean the mainstream media as well as social media, we have seen multiple instances of mainly young men and sometimes, in some instances, unfortunately, young women dying at the hands of violent crime, whether it be knife related or gun related. And it's very, very sad. That I have to discuss this again. The main thing I want to get off straight from the bat is please be mindful. Remember these are human beings that are unfortunately losing their lives. No matter what life they have may previously lived, they still have friends, they still have family, their loved ones in general. We have to respect their wishes. Don't be posting pictures of them, posting comments about what they shouldn't shouldn't be doing with their lives. Wait until the families have kind of set pace on how they want that person to be remembered and discussed. Have a bit of humanity and morality, for goodness sake. Stop. Also, stop spreading videos of fights. I don't care how funny the fight, unless, the, unless it's purely comedic. Like, don't be spreading, we, cannot, we need to stop promoting and perpetuating violence as normal and comedic. Don't be putting videos of people getting shot or stabbed or beheaded. It's barbaric. Stop that. So I want to get that straight out of the bat. Cool. Knife crime again. How I'm going to structure this podcast is the first podcast is going to be the more empirical data to kind of maybe fact check or myth bust or just give people information on what is actually going on because a lot of people are saying a lot of stuff. I'm not sure what you have or haven't seen or have or haven't heard. So I'm going to give you the accurate data and then I'm going to discuss causation and potential um, solutions in my opinion of course okay so let's get into the data because this is dysponomics in terms of crime itself in a vacuum we all know that poverty tends to lead to crime crime has actually fallen overall since the peak levels of 1995 but it has been steadily rising in recent years and this is police recorded crime in terms of violent crime which is essentially, the discussion of today, the number of violent crime dealt with by police has increased over the last few years. If you compare the period of April 2013 to March 2014, don't ask me why, um, different um, data sets um, assess time in different ways. So it's April 2013 to uh, March 2014. And you compare this period, so 2013 to 2014, with the July 16 to, to June 2017 period, In terms of total violence, so the total number of violent offences dealt with by police has in fact doubled, from 634,000 instances to just over 1,229,000 instances. And that's in a space of, what, five years? Four or five years? Crazy. Doubled. Doubled. Okay. Okay. Now, if you assess um, selected offences that involve a knife or a sharp instrument, it has, in fact, increased over the years from previous highs. So, I was looking at the data, so I don't really do these wishy-washy couple. No don't respect to people's blogs, but if I don't know you, I don't know your credentials, I cannot take on your data as um, reliable, so I like to go actually check the office of, of Office of National Statistics, open the Excel sheets and go through the data I make and see what's really going on. So, slapped open a young Excel sheet from the Office of National Statistics (ONS) and two thousand and eleven figures to two thousand and seventeen told a story. Now. In 2011, you're seeing approximately 33,000 instances involving a knife or a sharp object. Yeah, 33,000. Now, if you look at the year ending June 2017, which is last year, that number went over 37,000. But the real story is, is that from 2011, it kind of dropped and then it started to rise between 2015 and 2016. to the point where the 2017 figures was a 21% increase over the previous year. And for those that been listening to Disonomics, they know that even a three four five percent change in these statistics is very, very um, significant. A 21 percent change is substantial. And we're likely to see a rise in this again in 2018. Now looking at those same figures, I assess the homicides. So these are the instances that involve that well, not that result in unfortunate life losses. If you look at 2010 to March 2011 levels, there was 33 homicides, and that dropped to like 29, 26, and it was hovering in between 26 and 29 for a few years, and then it kind of shot back up to 37 homicides last year, and this is at the hand of knife or sharp instruments, as um, stated previously. This again could potentially arise this year. In terms of the motive of why uh, these knives or sharp instruments are used, half the time, so one in two incidents, a knife has been used, the motive is just general assault. 40% of the time, so 4 out of 10 times, it's robbery. So 9 out of 10 times is assault or robbery. Seven per- Only 7% is actually threats to kill, and 2% is on homicide and attempted murder, and 2% is rape and sexual assault so what i wanted to bring this out is that i okay i'll discuss this at the end of this topic um segment even man's a topic you know knives are the most common cause of death in homicides for obvious reasons they're very easy to carry they're very sharp and dangerous and easy to conceal and they are very accessible as well if you look at the uh, most common death um, common deaths of homicides 40% of homicides involved a knife or a sharp instrument whereas shooting was considerably lower at 4% obvious reasons such as guns are a lot harder to get a hold of in terms of accessibility and price also um, carries a more tougher sentence so there's a bigger stigma with guns whereas a lot easy was a lot easier to pick up a knife in a moment etc the vast majority of violent attacks in fact involve no form of weapon. A comment I hear quite a lot and sometimes I kind of slip into this but I try not to because I want to give these people respect and you have to talk to people respect if you want them to even engage or listen to you let alone follow out the advice you are giving them is if you say these kids, these kids, these kids. Well, let's look at the data. At least 80%, so look at the pie chart and this is for total number of knife offences in 2017 in England and Wales, it's like in between 18-85% or 18-83%, shall I say, of these instances, the perpetrators are age 18 and above. So the vast majority of people involved in these instances are actually quote-unquote adults. In terms of knife offences, in terms of region, as you probably have guessed, is a lot higher in London. If you look at knife offences per 100,000 people, the rate is in London is almost double the next highest region. And a lot of people, we're going to discuss this, talk about tougher sentences, tougher sentences. The data shows that in terms of knife offences, there are actually now tougher um, measures. If you look at, I think if you look at the uh, people getting three months or less, that has number has dropped, and that's the lowest uh, probability. Three to six months is now the highest probability, and over six months, the second highest. While well, in previous years, it was literally three months or less was the most likely. So the sentencing is getting tougher. And now if you're looking at the difference between non-custodial sentencing and either suspended or custodial sentencing, if you look at 2008 to, 20, to 2017, it's night and day in 2008 70% of knife offences resulted in non-custodial sentences so 7 out of 10 people won't get suspended sentence or sent to jail only, only 30% if we look now 55% of people are getting suspended or custodial sentencing up from 30% to 55 so it's completely reversed now that's the data. Now, some quick uh, points on the data. When people talk about the sentencing, is if we, like, those quick fix solutions, you hear partitions and some people who are just really, it's peeking out of emotion, which I understand because they're seeing all this pain and suffering and they just want something to be done about it. It's not as easy as that because as discussed in episode 43 with um, Nigo, Errol and um, Damini, it's multi-layered, and a lot of these people, these kids these kids or young men or young women are not reading, oh yeah, you want to get this and that. They're thinking, if I, if I don't carry this, I might die. Or that man got my brother, them man got my best friend and they're boasting about it on Snapchat or on Instagram or on YouTube. And this thing's happening for years, for years and years. And in terms of the data, in terms of like how it's been reported now, has really I'll say, caused suspicion for me. And I don't mean any offense to any loved ones who have um, dealt with these issues. I've I've lost plenty of people that I've known to these um, t- to the streets over the years. This has been happening for ages, absolute ages people getting stabbed, killed, and barely gets reported. Barely. Barely gets reported to the, to the, to the level of this. So don't act like don't, the numbers are showing is ticking upwards, but it's not like some brand new epidemic. And a lot of the reasoning that people are, put, um, are attributed to this epidemic, which I'm going to get into later, is silly. Although they may have an impact, but this has been happening for years. Now, I had other points, but I forgot. Anyway, the causes. I like to break down the causes into, like, four subgroups. There's probably more, but it just depends on how you like to dice your things up. I want to go through them, try to go through them as quickly as possible because, obviously, I've done it before in detail. I just want to give, like, a quick recap because, obviously, it's um, big on the agenda now, and for those who haven't listened to my previous podcast. um, Economic. It's as simple as the less money you have, the more poor you are, the more... Susceptible you are to committing crime. There ain't no gang culture in Knightsbridge. There ain't gang culture in the Hampstead. There's a reason for that. And people say stuff like, "Oh, you need youth clubs." There ain't no youth clubs. in... what what middle class white kids are going to youth clubs in Hampstead or um, Knightsbridge? No. If you have low income, low opportunities, you're more likely to be involved in a toxic environment and less and even more likely to get involved in crime. So economics, people's families having low income and low funds can lead to people seeking other, um, other methods of getting these funds and trying to match the life that society has portrayed them to live or just try to get on the same level playing field or match the ambition and that could turn into drugs, frauds and other um, forms of crime. A big one is hope. Growing up where I've grown up, speaking to people my age, high ages, my brother's ages, I've got two brothers. One's 21, one's 17 or 18. So I know a lot of these young men. I know a lot what they go through. I speak to a lot of them. And I've been around a lot of them. Even even from my young time, a lot of people have no hope. That's one thing that I always had. I was I was so fortunate that my parents sacrificed so much to the point that we never lacked. Obviously, I don't get it wrong, I didn't get everything I wanted. No way near. I had to grind to get some of the things I wanted. But my parents always made sure I had the basics. Always food on the table. Always had decent clothes. So, I didn't have that same economic pressure. And I also and I always had hope. Because my parents always preached to me that I'm special. Obviously, I was academically... I was pretty academically elite. I used to kill school without trying. So I had that on my side. like Because I, I was good at school, I had hope. I had hope because I always knew that, okay, I'm going to be all right in life because man claps off maths, science, English, business, economics, law, um, history, everything. So I always had that hope. But if you're at school, you don't have that hope and that hope can be beaten out of people by the educational system. If you don't have no hope, why would you still follow the same steps that wider society is following? You're in a different environment, you in a toxic environment, Every everybody around you has got no hope. You may not have a dad, may not have a mum, may not have much family, you might not have food, might not have decent trainers. You have no hope, and you and you, you have no evidence around you that that's ever going to change because you're seeing people older than you that are washed, people younger than you suffering, all around your area. So if you've got no hope, why would you value your life and other lives in the same capacity as wider society another subject I say societal when I say societal I'm talking masculinity we've seen um, the feminist community and the wider jihadist feminist community talk about toxic masculinity they have a point to a certain degree but I've seen them trying to use this to push agendas like no don't use young men's lives that look like us to push your dickhead agendas like go to hell don't do that. It's, things are more important than point scoring, which I find quite irritating. So if you see people do that, just block them, because that's what I'm doing. Scum of the earth. But in terms of general masculinity, which is just essentially traits attributed to men, the difference between masculinity and femininity is that with change in times, and you can attribute a large part, portion of success to um, femi- um, feminism, fem- society has managed to kind of unpackage slowly Femininity and and it's kind of liberated women to choose their own destiny and choose what type of woman they want to be better than they had before. Whereas masculinity is still pretty set in stone, and not everybody's gonna be an alpha male. Not everybody's gonna be that type of guy that could lead a group, be take the burden of a family or a group of friends. You know what I mean? Like, be okay. Eff it. I'll man up and do this. Not everybody's like that. That's probably a bit my personality trait. Well, that's not the same as my other brothers. They have different personality traits. I'm not the same as all my friends. We all have different personality traits. But it's that we all have to adhere to this masculine um, prototype. And why people, people... It's easy to say, but men shouldn't do that. But it's not like that. Shall I tell you why? Because this society has said, this is how you're meant to be. And that is how you're valued. Life is all about hierarchy, whether you like it or not. But the ha- more highly regarded um, men in society have the masculine traits on point big strong builds um, manly men could provide for their family have finances look at some of the biggest heroes Cristiano Ronaldo they're quite masculine Anthony Joshua for for the UK a very masculine figure do you know what I'm saying look at when you just see what people desire we all want to be like you want to be that guy Growing up, that's what a lot of men want to be, that guy, the one with the most status, the one with the most money. And that, first to be that guy, is very difficult because not everybody is going to be an alpha male. If you take 10 males, maybe one or two have that personality type. And then maybe like one or two or three have the complete, more passive, um, agreeable, like compassionate, do you know the opposite type of traits? And then... Everybody else is probably a mixture of two in between, um, depending on moods, environments, and all that type of stuff. But if everybody fools have to be that way, that means a lot of people are trying to be people, um, a man that they're not meant to be. And that's dangerous. And that leads to, in these instances, young men taking higher risks just so they could be deemed as valuable in society. If a man goes jail and up comes back, he gets respect because you're like, oh, you're tough. Those people living in London, I'm not sure about anywhere, any other area. I think the Birmingham people could testify because I've been Birmingham. But um, the guy in ends who's known for, nobody could beat him up in a fight. He could punch up, he could fist up anybody. Or, oh, I heard he burst two man. Oh, I heard he chefed up a couple man, which slang, sorry, slang for shooting and stabbing. That man has respect in his area, in his environment everybody respects him he automatically has status do you know how insane that is somebody who has a reputation of chronicle wrongdoing and causing harm to other people's children brothers uncles boyfriends cousins friends whatever is highly regarded and even money if you got a lot of dough you are rated no matter what you're doing for dough whether it be fraud you're playing football, you're architects, you're doing drugs, doesn't matter. You're automatically elevated in terms of status. And do you know how morally insidious that is? That we don't even care how a man is making his money. We don't care. That is a problem with masculinity, and that is is what's leading, and that is one of the key um, factors that are leading these young men to take these ridiculous risks ridiculous risks just to achieve a form of valuation and that's valuation from their peers as well as women and that is very very dangerous so until we address that issue we're in trouble and the final one is cultural this is more controversial but as i'm talking the african and caribbean communities in london we we are also liable our culture I don't know, say our culture on the whole, but seg- certain segments of our culture is also a causation of this. We can- You cannot deny that we have an issue with glorification of violence. If you don't believe me? What is our most prevalent form of music? And listen to the vast majority of the content. In hip hop, in grime, and now we've got trap and drill as kind of subcategories of hip hop. And first of all, Talk about drill. Don't, don't be blaming these, these um, new school drillers. Yes, they are, they are part of the causation, but are not de-causation, because the form of music is quite dark. He's talking about um, violence against other crews and other people, drugs and all that type of stuff. But what was the main theme of Grime when I was growing up? There was no drill when I was growing up and people getting chefed up every day, short, all the time. There was no drill 10 years ago, but there were people getting stabbed. Like, I remember there's certain areas we just wouldn't even go, period. Edmonton was nicknamed Shanktown, for heaven's sake. That was 10 years ago, there was no drill then. And I told you about previous highs in 2011 in terms of knife instances, there was no drill in 2011. So don't be blaming drill as a causation. They're part of the problem, but they're not They're not a catalyst so don't try that, anyway, back to glorification of violence, when there's man that's gone off and ends, everybody's talking about it, barbershops, group chats, football, all that type of stuff, posting videos of, like you get these gang pages that get so many views, like exposing gangs, people be talking about like two popular artists from East London, I'm not even name their names, but you know they are, I'm seeing people talk about their beef, so, so casually, like in the form of memes and jokes, and I'm like, why does this social media network really know okay I know why they know, but why do they feel like they can talk about these people's altercation and issues like it's some sort of joke thing like seeing guys and girls discuss it like this is real life people end up in hospital being stabbed and dying over this. I remember not too long ago, maybe two years ago or a year ago, I think two Two or three years ago, within this period, two popular artists were involved in something from my part of London Northwest. An artist's um, chain was taken by a group of boys, they passed on a chain to another artist. He was boasting about the chain being Yats on a video, and on my own life, on social media, all on Twitter, all I saw was that was the hot topic, and people, it was hundreds of people. Goading the artists whose chains have been taken to retaliate. They will goading, like, oh, if X doesn't retaliate, he's this. Oh, he has to retaliate. He has to retaliate. Da-da-da-da. And like clockwork, two days later, there was a shooting. That is cultural. That is flipping cultural. Because certain rules and regulations have been set in our environments that we've grown up in where we cannot tolerate certain levels of disrespect. And that's pride, that's egos, and maybe that's how we are kind of raised in African and Caribbean households, where our parents have told us that disrespect is not tolerated under any circumstances. And I kind of really realized this when I went to university in Birmingham. Like, I'm in, I'm in a, I'm in a, on a night out, and then like a couple of white geese will just barge into me, and like my drink has like my coke is like spilled, and my natural reaction was thinking, okay, cool, it's on now. So I got my guard up, I'm ready for anything. And they're like, um, oh, sorry, my bad. Do you want to buy another one? I'm so sorry. And I was like, where did they do that? Like, I was bad shot. Like, but I come from an environment where you're walking past somebody, and if you make eye contact, you can't look away because you feel like a coward. Men are looking at each other from buses, from helicopters. A man's in a helicopter and you're using binoculars to look at him and he's looking at you with his binoculars. Like, it's just ridiculous. That's cultural. Whether you like it or oh, not, that's flipping cultural. And that's something we have to address. Glorification of violence. Why is a a significant portion, if not the vast majority of the most mainstream TV slash cinematic um, publications all circulating gang culture? Why? Is that the only experience of a black African Caribbean male or woman in the UK? All London, no, it's not. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Also, status as well. This, to be the man, you have to be this guy, you have to have these clothes to look fly, you have to be in a rave doing this and that. That's cultural. Also, because we tend to be um, overpopulated in working class, um, working class of, societies, I mean not societies, working class um, um, what's it called, regions in the UK I think it's like three-fifths of I think of us are, in work, are, work, are described as working class we kind of get into these dangerous cycles where we have early teenage pregnancies even if they're not teenage pregnancies we have a lot of, we have considerably more absentee fathers and there's a very strong correlation between a lack of a uh, father figure at home and a higher probability in getting involved in drugs and crime. And also, if you're having kids, you can't have kids raising kids. Imagine this, a 19, two 19-year-olds, 19 they're having sex, they get, um, the girl gets pregnant, the guy, okay, let's say the guy's not really bothered. he still doesn't want to be involved, they have arguments, whatever the reason is, just shirking responsibility, then the girl, she can't stay at home, maybe she just wants to go away, or her mum's like, you can't be at home with this child, I told you not to raise, um, bring your kids to my house. She gets a council flat, She's nineteen years old, probably limited to no work experience. Might not even have, might not even be at uni. Might just have a college degree or six form, um, college qu- qualification or six form A levels or whatnot. Nineteen year old now raising another child. What does that nineteen year old know about life? I'm twenty eight years old, and it's even hard to sustain my own damn life. Let alone somebody nineteen and raise another life. People who listen to my previous co- podcast about the cost of childcare. Yeah. Now think of the cost on somebody who doesn't work or who doesn't have a what type of job are you getting at age at nineteen, eighteen, seventeen, twenty to raise a child? And how you gonna balance that while raising that child? That creates homes that are incomplete, that are not don't get me wrong, some people some people have come from these environments and succeed and have decent lives and I commend their parents for doing so. But some people are not ready to be parents and they can end up being terrible parents at that lack of responsibility or they are good parents but because they've made bad decisions they have to work two three jobs and they can't keep an eye on what their child is doing and then you've got the absentee fathers who are shirk on responsibility all you have parents out there who are just irresponsible there's so many irresponsible parents I have friends that work in the legal sector and youth work and they tell me some tales of these parents and you would be shot. This is cultural. And that's something I want us to address. And we can address... It's very hard for us to... Uh, in terms of... Okay, now I'm talking about solutions. I'm waffling them anyway. In terms of the economics, we can't really address that. It's very difficult to have the power to address that economic situation all we could do is just maybe family plan and not have children that we're not we can't afford yet but that's still a long time approach hope we can probably influence that my dog Negro tree says um, visibility is so key in communication people who have the ability to make a decent standard of living legally should be visible in these communities so the people growing up in these communities can f- do not feel like that type of lifestyle is unattainable. And communication, a lot of people say, talk to the kids, talk to the kids, talk. First of all, do you listen? First of all, listen to the kids first. And not, some of them not kids; they're young men and women. Listen to them first, because do you think people haven't talked to them? Do you think you're the first person to tell them, "Oh, drop the knife; it's not good." You have Sadiq Khan doing some dick, some dead some dead promo video. Who's watching that? Who cares? Who cares? What a couple sad faces on the video is gonna, it's gonna make you put down a knife, but that man got your brother and is going to get you next. Unless your talking is going to change somebody's reality, it is almost always going to fall on deaf ears. Unless you get that rare human being who's just receptive to information like that. So if you're gonna, if you want your words to have impact on some of these young men or women, you're gonna have to be visible and you're gonna have to gain equity with them. And that's why certain people can talk to certain men and they will listen and try to start making amends it may be difficult because obviously they've got a, they've a, developed a habit a lifestyle but if you have equity people might start to listen to you but if you have no equity don't care if you're just a celeb or yeah you make music who gives a, give a damn you have no equity with them you haven't grown with them yeah In terms of societal masculinity weak and the cultural elements that's stuff that we can challenge you don't have to accept the societal norms. We can challenge that stuff. We do not have, And I'm not even trying to put, take money out of people who make grime or hip-hop or whatnot, music. But there's other types of music that are involved and we don't have to over-perpetuate it, especially in terms of cinematic and TV shows and just the status, the pride, the egos. Also, be responsible in terms of teenage pregnancy, early pregnancy, having... Children of people, they're not that, that aren't your long term partners. That's just irresponsibility. It's a highest level having children you can't afford, flipping irresponsible. I tweeted the other day, stop having kids you can't afford, you're selfish, you're evil. And people were saying, oh, you're harsh. I'm saying, yeah, okay, I'm harsh. What about the life do these damn children live? What's, what's more harsh? What's more harsh? Saying, oh, why can't poor people have kids? I'm not saying don't have children, have children you can afford. And being able to have children you can afford does not mean you have to be a millionaire. If you've got to afford really to maintain a okay standard of living with one child, then you shouldn't be having two. Because what does that mean? Because of your because of your selfish want to have a child, you're going to have a child who's going to live life under difficult, extremely difficult circumstances when you don't have to. So why would you do that? That's evil and selfishness. That's facts. I'm not hearing it. Family plan. Don't bring children away that you can't afford. So, dickheading. Another thing, I want to kind of challenge the stop and search death penalty shouts. You're talking about deterrence. I already brought up the data. They've been upping the sentencing, and now we're seeing a rise in crime. Listen, if men are after you, they don't care. Let me give an example that I've given people over the last few days on my Twitter account. Let's take California. The state of California, for those who don't know, depending on the states in the United um, States of America, different states have um, the ability or they just don't, or they ban death penalty. In the state of California, I think it's like death by gas and they have that um, ability. Let's take Los Angeles. We've all heard of LA. I've been there, beautiful place. LA actually has a population that's like less than half of London. So they have half 50% of the people. But they have 200%, at least, the level of homicides. But they have the death penalty. So if the death penalty is this quick fix deterrent, then why in Los Angeles, where there's half the amount of people in London, there's double the amount of murders? Both very, very similar countries in terms of, similar similar cities in terms of um, culture like western yuppie type culture it's not that easy because it's multi-layered you so delete that chat asap stop and search people say the de- decrease in stop and search stop and search is a waste of time stop and search will never It's very very unlikely that it will be ever implemented correctly if you're stop and searching via intel then nobody can really tell you anything because you're doing your job but if you're doing ad hoc random stop and searches which are Ex- exponentially racial, racially profiled and how do I say that? Remember I talk about the uh, differences in data if oh, you see like a 5% difference that's significant why Why am I 400% more likely to be stopped in search than anybody else? That's ludicrous and stop search doesn't exactly yield the most efficient I think it takes like 17% of weapons in stopped search and some people may say that's a lot but let me tell you something the people, yeah, you might be taking weapons off the street, but what you're saying, the people who actually will use the weapons, there's a difference between people carry weapons and people who actually a- actively use them. The people who actively use weapons do not get caught in stopping searches. They move digital because that is what they do for a living. Yeah? Like, people go to shubs back in the days. The goons will go to shubs, they, will, they will, Of course, they won't, they'll get searched, but they won't have anything on them because if anything kicks off, they're calling somebody to bring the sign or if they're going out they know the police want to stop and search a girl to put her in a girl's handbag they move digital they're not stupid they're not stupid it's a waste of time and so if you implement this measure to yield minimal results but what it does also yield is further disenfranchising the relationship between the police and ethnic minorities in these communities where a lot of these crimes are tend- are starting to occur so now, as you, as most of you know, these areas govern themselves by their rules. That's why you're seeing these crimes. Nobody's, ain't no, not that many people go to police. I've had some issues. That I've never even thought of going to the police because of how they've been treating me and my brothers. I me and brothers been tons of times i remember my brother got strip searched i remember i was going to i was on my flight to la literally as i was entering the plane my brother called me he goes they've taken my car i was like why he goes they're following me they said they stopped me they said that uh, they've been following this car for a while he your drug dealer which is complete nonsense i was like okay search his car all he had his car was orange juice um and he's book bags he studies physiotherapy at a university and obviously i think one of his modules is chemistry so they're looking through obviously their waste they've searched everywhere they they strip-searched him on the middle of the road, yeah? So my brother's, like, obviously, like, stark naked almost. And they now they go through his textbook because they've got nothing. They're just trying to find something. And they said, oh, are these equations to cook drugs? And I was thinking, what? I've had, I've had a gun pointed at my head after being stopped and searched. Because I've been stopped, I've been searched. So, yeah, they searched me. They've, they've already searched me, right? And because I went to put my hands back in the po- my pocket, a policeman has put this assault this call of duty ass looking gun in my face and I'm making him nervous I'm thinking hold on and I see me I'm just naturally cheeky I'm like hold on I'm. you stopped and search me and you realise I'm armed with my mobile phone my keys and £2.50 to get chicken and chips you with this big gun you're armed with a big gun and I make you nervous Then he kind of like kind of froze and kind of put the gun away because he kind of realised what he was doing this is what it's like so this ridiculous measure of stop and search all it does is Destroys, further destroys the relationship between the community and the police. It's a waste of time. It is point scoring just so the politicians could be seen that they're doing something and you gullible people lap it up. Ridiculous. Actual solutions. There's no overnight solution because the issues are cultural and societal, as I said. They're deep within the fabric of life. So you can't solve this overnight. So the issues are... We have to discuss how we change these environments. Most of these kids are, most of these kids, most of these young men, most of these young women from the ages of like 13 to let's like say mid 20s involved in these things. The vast majority are not intrinsically bad human beings. Don't we? Yes. So you have a certain percentage that live for this, that they're general bad breed, as my Jamaican friend says. But the vast majority of them always do is take them out of the environment and they're different. I know about seven instances where young men have been involved in the madness and their parents had the money and the foresight to move them to a different area whether it be Essex or Kent or Surrey or Enfield and it's almost like they're different people because they're in an environment if you're in a toxic environment you're going to unless you have a certain personality trait you're very likely to conform to it So we have to discuss how we change these environments. That's in terms of investment in these areas, increasing opportunities, increasing hope. And when when we talk about the hope thing, that's when we're talking about education system. We need to be, there needs to be some sort of, almost like a retrain of how to deal with certain types of children, because a lot of teachers don't wanna deal with black boys. And that's the fact, that's why we need, I believe, there needs to be more black male figures and black female figures in um, schools especially the black male figures because studies have shown they are way more likely to respect and adhere to their authority because you know where that you're more likely to know where that child's come from what that child's background is like so you know how to communicate them affect communicate with them effectively whereas these teachers can't really, they just can't be bothered it's a bit too difficult so they just kind of push them to the wayside and out of the system mental health a lot of these young men and women are dealing with trauma from what they've seen growing up that's another thing that we need to address also changing the culture as I said we need to change the culture it needs to be to a point where culturally if you're involved in wrongdoing like this you're looked down upon there's no status in it there's no, there's no, there's no value like your valuation as a young man Will be decreased if you're seen to be involved in this. So, those are a few solutions that I pose. So, if anyone has any other ideas, please let me know at DysonomicsBelt, D1SUNOMICS on Twitter, D-I-S-U-N-O M-I-C-S on Instagram, hello at Dysonomics.com on email, hit me up. Thank you for listening. Um, I was at my friend's show, Boller, BollerSoul, Bola, shout out Bola, So check the hashtag hashtag T-E-B-E-S-S uh, one of her episodes from season 2 of our talk show we'll be discussing this so check that out in the near future but yeah thank you for listening please subscribe on Apple Podcasts type my name and give me a young review preferably 5 stars follow me on SoundCloud follow me on socials you can tell I'm tired of how I'm doing the promotion <laughs> no juice, no vim but yeah thank you for listening please check out episode 43 for a more in-depth discussion of this is so much better I promise you how long it's been but thank you for listening please pass this on it could potentially help educate people so sort i of give people the data as well as analysis on the social issues around it but yeah thank you for listening god bless sports social podcast network